Yo, what is good, NYU? You are listening to the Silence Behind the Violets podcast, episode number four. I have no Kai today. He is back home in Rhode Island on vacation, a very, very well-deserved uh, couple of weeks off for him because that man is genuinely always working. I can very much attest to that because I did that in grad school. Anyways, I n- am not alone today, though. I am here with my boy, Andrew. Andrew Neshi, I'm going to let you introduce yourself today. Um, glad to be here, Kyle. Um, Andrew Neshi, uh, I'm the brand manager and also a facility operations supervisor with the department here. Before we get into anything, Kyle, I actually been thinking about this since you guys launched. Yeah. I have a question about the title of this podcast. Okay. Who, who's the silence in this scenario? Well, definitely Kai. That's not to say because <laughs> I'm you're, pretty front facing. You're you're pretty you're pretty loud, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you're, you're you're you know you're Diddy. You're all up in the videos. Producer trying to get. I'm not. I'm just saying. But you know. And you know, even prior to this year, that continued to be the, or rather, that was not the case. But this year, I was just like, oh, I'm laying it out there. Yeah, this is this guy is on camera talent. And I think a lot of people were probably like, oh, like you just want to wedge yourself in. I mean, listen, like whatever. If you want to interpret it that way, fine. But for me, I was like, until I find somebody that's better on air, like I'm just going to keep doing it. But I mean, respectfully, I, I does this, you know, like I've been doing it with, with major oh, league you baseball do. We're, players. We're putting up, we're putting you know? up numbers. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but, um, Sida chat, like on Twitter. Yeah. yeah so yeah. for those that don't know the acronym, it's S I D a chat. It's on Twitter. It's this weekly conversation with all the sports information directors of America. You might hear some departments call it athletic communications, but anyways, that context aside, a lot of people were talking about like, you know, the emphasis on short videos and stuff like that. And somebody, um, I actually remember the name, I'll tell you off camera, but he was like, oh yeah, like one of our biggest videos, it really did numbers. We did like 25K and I was like, like on, a, on an Instagram reel. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's adorable. I mean, at the same time though, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a talk my talk because like we're the biggest d3 and yeah. i think that like it's kind of wild because a lot of people don't even know that we have sports so well it's um, like is what it is i mean we'll get into you know as we're talking kind of where where we're coming from and yeah. how i've been around here but it's it's very interesting to me you get two reactions really about nyu athletics you know and, and really like our varsity sports in nyu you get internally sometimes like we have sports that you know that we talked about but with, um, you know, some like potential recruits, some, uh, you know, just people you talk to that you meet in your life, they're like, oh, that's like a big D1. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like it's, you, it's you kind of only get one or the other. And it's like, actually, we're, uh, you know, the largest Division three institution and the most competitive Division three. You have to like kind of go into the whole kind of spiel about the UAA and yeah, kind of the competitive level. Yeah, we but, travel via plane. But like people seem to be on like one or other extreme of what it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but. No, totally. Totally yeah. agree. Um, we, we started to venture down a little bit of it, but uh, our respective paths to NYU, that was something that when I was thinking about some of our talking points, I really wanted to get into just because like we, t- I mean, so for, for the audience, for the listeners, <laughs> like Andrew and I talk like every morning kind of planned or unplanned for like half an hour. And more often than not, it's like four minutes about work. And there's, like, work to be done and stuff. It's a like, productive four minutes because yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good at this. But the rest <laughs> of the 26 is kind of just talking about life where it would be like, yo, do you see the, the Mets do this, the Nets did that, um, whether it be social, whether it be, like, actual team moves because we're such big New York sports fans, which we'll talk about later. But our respective paths at NYU, I think that they're so, like, uniquely different but really, really cool um, all the same. So I, I really just want to just shut up and kind of let you talk about, you know, how you got to where you're at because it's so, so – like I said before, unique on its own. Yeah, okay. Um, I could do the short version. My path to NYU, uh, birth. Yeah. Uh, so my uh, 
some people that uh, are in our community um, might know this, but a lot of people listening might not. Um, my father was actually the men's basketball coach here for 30 years. Yeah. So he took over um, as the head coach after being an assistant for a couple of seasons, like like nine months before I was born. So uh, that was uh, in, you can Google and do the years. You don't need to know how old I am. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been um, – around NYU my entire life in that sense. Um, obviously being a little kid coming to coming to games, all that. But, um, in terms of like then how it progressed into this being my career, um, I was an undergraduate student here and I worked in the athletics department in every capacity you could imagine. I guess my, my main gig was as a, an operations employee at, uh, the Cole sports center, which is, was at the site of what is going to be 181 Mercer, which we are, you know, opening soon. And we're all very excited about, uh, as well as working as a student manager for the basketball team, working in our sports information department, learning a bunch of different things. Um, so yeah, I've been, I wore every hat when I was a student here, uh, which was really just got me to be passionate about this space and really passionate about NYU all my closest friends are people I worked with in the department here, people that were teammates with basketball, other student athletes. And, uh, you know, having the opportunity to come back here full time was like a huge thing for me now, a little over six years ago. Um, how that kind of went into my current role, I kind of want to throw back to you, Kyle, because my role changing kind of coincided with how, when you got here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we overlap a ton. So I was, I was hired as a new media manager in fall 2020, well, summer 2021. And with that came a new brand. And so, yes, like, you know, on the digital side of things, it was about implementing and developing our strategic plan, you know, like for communications when it looked or rather modernizing it on social. And so with that came the new look. And with that new look were things and like rather like colors, logos, fonts that we wanted to make sure came correct. And so that's where Andrew, I mean, his position here, positions here, and when you really, really evolved into, you know, the brand manager side of things. So, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Not only have we come to learn that we have a lot in common, but I, I mean, I've enjoyed it. Like, there are people that you look forward to working with every day, some not so much, <laughs> but that's the nature of any job in corporate America. Um, but I mean, Andrew's definitely in that in that small group. So. Yeah, Kyle and I are friends. That's yeah, what that's no, what Kyle's trying sure. to say. And neighbors, and yeah. neighbors, and neighbors uh, yeah, a story of Queens. In, yeah, oh. for, as a as a Queens resident, a lot of people in Brooklyn, a lot of people in Jersey. You it's know, true. It's true. But um, but yeah, as brand manager, that's kind of something that progressed out of my own you know, talking about our paths and how we got to where we are, my own sort of self-education and interest I had to kind of build on skills that I just found um, fun and interesting. So, you know, in the time I've been here full time, I always worked closely with the sort of succession of um, assistant SIDs that we had, uh, most prominently Miles Rudnick, who's now at NJIT. That's what's a New York NJIT. He's going to be the Highlanders. Yeah, Shout yeah. out, Miles. I, I know where you are. Just get confused <laughs> with like New Jersey City, NJIT. You yeah, yeah. I, you definitely are. <laughs> um, good dude. Right. But we kind of maybe back 2018 decided to really push forward um, an idea of trying to revamp our 
mainly focused on social media, but how we presented ourselves digitally. This was before the full-scale rebrand happened, but that kind of push and us, you know, nagging certain senior administration at the time, let them um, allow us to work with uh, the student UX office, which was Aaron Callahan's at the time in student affairs. And that was, I think, the genesis of a lot of the work that we now do in the department, mm-hmm. um, where people started taking seriously the idea that we needed to have like high quality media. That's when we started doing media days for the first time, started, you know, hiring student graphic designers as, as silly as it seems. Um, right. and as obvious as it seems now, that was the first time we did a lot of that. And then, as the department was embarking on this rebrand, um, knowing that I had done a lot of that work and I had been sort of informally doing a lot of the graphic design for the department, we, um, you know, we had the the senior administration ask me to kind of step in to be the brand manager to kind of help take these new logos and make sure they're used consistently and, you know, represent NYU and NYU athletics the way we want um, to be represented in the way that our student athletes want to be represented. Yeah, and to that last point, like definitely a lot of credit to Stuart and, and really just um, even even the exist Stuart Robinson, the athletic director, um, but also like the current senior administration that slid under Stuart's, you know, supervisorship, if that's a word, um, <laughs> just because like of their ability to adapt and, and realize the importance of, you know, our digital presence. One of the things that you said, I just wrote down in the notes here is wearing a lot of different hats in the department, damn near every hat in the department. And that's for real the way to do it. Like I did a lot of that as well um, as an under in undergrad. Not only did it help me find out like what I wanted to do, but I or rather like even going through college and through grad school, like I still had no idea what I wanted to do. And it's funny, like when I was with the cross country team in Michigan, I was speaking with Katie Chang and she goes, is like what you do now? Like, first of all, do you like it? So yeah, I absolutely love it. And then she goes, is this what you knew you always wanted to do? And I said, honestly, like if you think about the mid 2010s and stuff, like social is not what it was or what it is now. And so, you know, I guess it kind of evolved over time, but I mean, so do your interests and so do your, you know, your career opportunities. So yeah, that's definitely a way to do it. I mean, an undergrad wearing a lot of different hats. Like I said, I did the same thing as well. And I think the biggest key for me to really unlock that stuff was like having an SID, again, as we said before, and a sports information director, like that just trusted me. Like, and I talk about it all the time, but there was this dude, his name is Sean Medeiros. He works at Endicott College now. But when I was an undergrad at Wheaton College, like bruh, if it wasn't for him, man, where he was just like, oh, like, you, you know these sports, all right, like take a video camera. I don't know if you ever shot anything or even edited anything before, but just like cut up highlights. And I just jumped on iMovie and, you know, I figured it out and then I went all into the whole video thing, which I mean, I guess we'll get into like momentarily, but yeah, man, I, it, it, it has directly led me to where I'm at today. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, and what you're talking about, Kyle, of, you know, can you envision, were you able to envision in college what you'd be doing? Especially being here and knowing the passion I have for this place and, you know, all the history I have, all the relationships I've made here, I've always cared so much about how we represent ourselves. And, you know, the the fact that we did this rebrand, it was basically like a a dream I had from when I came back in here full time. I was on my own, like, hitting up sort of like branding companies, getting like estimates to like push up to like the senior associate ADs and they'd be like, hey, it's only going to cost this much. We could do it. We could do it. We could do it. Um, You know, but at the same time, when I was in college, as much as I was like a uniform guy, a logo guy, something you and I talk about all the time, that wasn't a job here. You know what I mean? And I, I, you know, it's, you know, you don't always get these opportunities, but it's been really cool to 
um, do the work and kind of demonstrate how important that is and make that a job. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you get that opportunity, especially in, um, you know, athletic spaces, you need to innovate those things. You know, you have sort of established structures and the best way to kind of create that role for yourself is to just start doing it sometimes is what I found. And just start doing it is like really what I did. Like when I was an undergrad, like I said, like I just picked up a video camera, like just as a work study job. And I, I mean, listen, as a freshman, I applied to anything and everything from like sitting at the library to, I don't know, working in admissions and doing paperwork. Like, and I was a freshman in college and I was dead broke, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And it just sucked. But so eventually sophomore year, I get through to the athletics department because I literally just sat down, took inventory of legitimately myself. And I was like, yo, like, what do I like to do? And I was like, well, I know I really like sports. So like I said, I got that work study job in athletics. I was cutting up highlights, started on iMovie. And then because of that interest in collegiate athletics, I was able to go to a bunch of like these different like professional development opportunities. So that was like the NCAA national headquarters in Indianapolis. Have you been there? I actually have not. Yeah, no, it's pretty sick. I'd love to one day. Yeah, super fire. You definitely should go. I recommend every student athlete, like they at least look at the professional development opportunities on the NCAA program hub. If you're not set up with that, help you get set up with that. We'll definitely advocate for that all the way. But anyways, I got to do a bunch of these things in Indy, in in Orlando, just a bunch of these like sports information like type of events where, you know, if you were a student that was interested in the field, which not really that many are because a lot many know about it, to be honest. Well, it's also such a narrow, yeah. a narrow pathway in the sense of not a narrow pathway, like a narrow, like scope, scope of yeah. what I think college students usually think about. And I think a lot of people, and I've seen this too, and it's somewhat true for me, though I was not, uh, an actual college athlete based on my skill level, but, you know, being part of the team, being around that, I think it's sometimes hard for the people who have that passion to see the other areas of the industry outside of, you know, playing coaching. Like so many guys that, you know, I was involved with in basketball, that was sort of the path they saw. Either I'm going to keep playing or I'm going to coach. And if not, like, I don't really see how I would be around the space. And, you know, some people end up circling back to it or kind of doing that calculus later. But yeah, like in college, I feel like you don't find many people that are kind of working in the department, the athletic department. They're kind of like, oh, well, I'm here because I'm part of this team or I'm here because I like this environment and I have to have a job on campus anyway. You know, even for me, it took a little while to be like, oh, no, this is what I'm good at. I'm actually good at this and I like being around this. Yeah, I didn't realize that I was even all that good at it because you're just in it. (laughs) Like yeah, you're just logging for sure. Weekly, <laughs> for sure, your, your di- biweekly timesheets, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, you know you're at one of these uh, these professional development conventions. You're getting compliments from student athletes, which obviously always continue to appreciate. So it was at one of those conventions that I got to meet the at the time the assistant director for Division Three, like the like the whole thing. Her name is Louise McCleary. Shout out. Big shout out. And so, you know, we kept contact over the years. This is like 2016. I was a senior in high school at the time. And senior, I, I mean, senior in high school. Well, so I was no, you're, say, not, you're not that young, buddy. Oh, sorry. I was a senior, <laughs> yeah, I was senior in college at the time. I was senior in college. I meant to say that Kai was like a third grader yeah, in 2016, probably. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I got to meet Louise at one of those conventions as a senior. And, you know, we kept in touch over the years. I went to grad school. I did my graduate assistantship at UMass Dartmouth. I was an athletic communications graduate assistant there. The GA was tough. I mean, super long hours, but, you know, I just grinded it. I was like, bro, like, freeway to an MBA. 
worse things that you can do to get a free MBA out of it. And so after that, I worked at Nike for a little bit. Like I came back home from Massachusetts to New York City. I'm born and raised in Queens. And I was like, bro, like I just, like, I just need a job now. So like <laughs> I, I did an internship for the US Open in tennis, player operations. That was sick. Just rubbing shoulders with the goats like Serena, Fed, Nadal, et cetera. And then after that, I worked at Nike for a little bit, just in retail. And honestly, like, it just goes to show, like, no matter who you come across, like, you don't even know what point in the lives that they're at. Because, like, respectfully, I didn't think, this is not to undermine retail at all, but I just didn't think for me personally that with an MBA at 23, I'd be working minimum wage. Right. You know, again, there's nothing wrong with that if that's where your path takes. In fact, if anything, that's where my path took me. Mm -hmm. Right. But so anyways... You know, I worked at Nike for a little bit, and then I get this awesome job. It's with the World Baseball Classic and Major League Baseball, and I'm working at, you know, right across Radio City Music Hall, sick, 1271 Avenue of the Americas, just a beautiful office space. I'm there for a calm, like, couple of months. It was a seasonal job all the way, but I was like, bro, like, the amount of doors that this could open. This is, like, this is the, the entry into this, like, and it's a big MLB world. Fan. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Mecca for mm -hmm. us, dude, which we got to go to that MLB shop. Because we that do. Because shop is nice. Yeah. So I was in Midtown, and I'm, like, walking past it, and I'm, I like, and I'm, like, I was talking to my partner. We're like, I'm, like, you know, it's yeah. not like I, like, wear, like, jerseys, like, out and around all the time, but, like, I'm such, like, a simp for it. Like, I, I look in the window, and I'm, like, but. Yeah, look at the stitching. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I want to look at these jerseys. Like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to feel them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, as big baseball guys, like, that was really big for me. And again, like, I knew it was a seasonal position all the way, but I was like, bro, the amount of people, connections I can make. And then this was leading up to the World Baseball Classic qualifier in 2020 in Tucson, Arizona. So we fly out there. We're supposed to be out there for three weeks. I was there for all of, like, four days. And then, boom, COVID. And, like, I know everyone's got their COVID story. Yeah. Like, that one was, you know, what was going on in my life leading up to mine. And I was like, damn, that sucks. And so, like, I go back home and, you know, just, I mean, I guess you could call it laid off. But eventually they were like, yo, like, we'll pay you through April, which is when we would have terminated the the seasonal contract anyways. But, or the temporary contract anyways. But, you know. It's but any, like, on-ramp is, like, now. We, we don't know what we're doing in the future. What is, you know, like, stop. exactly. Screeching stop. So, 2020. And this is a story that actually Alekia, uh, Bangkok Buckets, who you if have you, seen on social. If you're seeing this on our Instagram right now, yeah. is like, you know, a full one third of what, know, <laughs> what we're posting know, right now. I know, absolutely shouldering the load. Yeah. Um, is only a freshman. We're very fortunate to have her. So if you'll, you'll see her around, she's uh, extremely talented at what she does. And I definitely continue to remind her of that. But anyways, I, uh, she can relate to this. In 2020, I, like I did before or stated before, like I just took inventory of myself. And I was like, yo, like, let me just take on my journal and just just lay out, like, yo, what do I like to do? What are possible cities that I could see myself living in? Well, short term, long term. Born and raised New Yorker for six years of my life in Massachusetts, both four years and two years of undergrad and grad school. I just kept looking over my shoulder back in New York. I was like, bro, like, I, I really want to go back home because, like, nowhere's better than New York, period. Unquestionable. Straight up. <laughs> straight up. And so eventually I was like, okay, well, I know I really like sport. And I know that I really like making videos like that. That's really fun from graduating from iMovie to Final Cut. Um, but I was like, what's like the third element there? Like there's something missing. I said, well, you know, I worked at Nike and yeah, it was retail and stuff. But like Nike storytelling and marketing, just unreal. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I was like, OK, well, I mean, in undergrad, I did analytics and new media as my major. In MBA, I did a, a, my concentration in leadership. 
And I was like, okay, like let's let's start to put this together. And so I remember I was actually sitting at Astoria Park, um, one of my like favorite places on earth. And I just like I said, I had my journal, and I, I just beautiful, made, like, beautiful views. What a uh, what a pl- what a place to contemplate. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Worship places, and so like I literally made this like Venn diagram, like this three circle Venn diagram. I took it back to like third grade because you know we were doing Venn diagrams at third grade. Yep. <laughs> and so um, I was like, okay, like what if what if you just started making videos for like athletes, particularly ones that were in the same position as you where you couldn't afford to go do, like, these super expensive showcases, like, perfect game in the baseball world. Yeah. Like, the AAU equivalent, but, like, perfect game and, like, baseball factory, which would charge, like, thousands of dollars. I haven't heard like, anything about that. Yeah, I There's know, no, no controversies uh, know, about no, access not, to the game of baseball. One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, you know, thousands of dollars for, like, a three-day tournament, and you get, like, a crappy 60-second video out of it, if that, and you may or may not get exposure. And I was like, what if I just, like, make videos for, like, literally 20 bucks, 40 bucks, recommendation like just whatever like super cheap for just a bunch of people that were all locked inside during the pandemic um for like the low that way i could maximize their exposure um but also continue to tell their story so i just go all in on that i bet on myself bro and so then in like so i'm doing that like late 2020 into early 2021 bro i'm only doing this for like seven eight months i'm picking up any and every contract that i can because bro like when you're self-employed but also like filing unemployment on the side right you know what i'm saying mm. allegedly allegedly <laughs> um bro you taking any opportunity so i was doing videos at like basketball courts but also baseball fields but also like installing hvac units of like heating and cooling right. in mm. brooklyn just in a, in a two bedroom yeah mm-hmm. yeah just anything man and so from there again i was only doing it for like seven eight months and like in february of 2021 i just get this cold email Stuart robinson where it was like, hi, Kyle, your name was given to me by a really good friend of mine named Louise. Um, you know, I'd like to see if you're interested in any capacity of joining our athletic communications department. Word. I was like, okay, like the gears are starting to turn for me because like not only is a bunch of my experience and professional development there, but like ultimately, like I, it's an opportunity in New York City, much less New York University, dude. Like anytime Kai and I are like, like going through it, just, you know, with the stress and the workload and the burnout that is Division Three athletics sometimes for us, I'd be like, yo, but, like, we are at NYU. He's like, yeah, we are at NYU. <laughs> it's pretty sick. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, over the course of time, uh, over that February 2021 to, like, July 2021, I had some contact, and I mean, ended up working out. What's funny, though, is that you were on my hiring committee. I was about to say, full disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is, by the way, that is um, even dating back to when I ended up, like, coming back here full time. I only ever had one year where between, like, when I was a, a – student here full-time and when I came back to work here full-time and even during then I was doing like part-time stuff for the department um but even back then it's funny you said like contact started in February like yeah, yeah. sometime in July I got hired that is a, a standard NYU athletic sort yeah, of yeah. a search process is like out, right. three to seven months uh <laughs> from know, start man. to finish it's but yeah no I it was a and obviously like you know Cal's here so you know he kind of stood out in that in that process and you know, was, we were like really, and obviously we can talk about this, like we were building that sort of new structure of communications of thinking beyond the sort of traditional SID, hey, we put the recap out, Mm -hmm. maybe we hire some student to do like a highlight tape of a game if they get there, you know, but, you know, and hey, there's a Twitter account where we just 
pump out the information right. and, you know, Publicize ga- it. Mm-hmm. game day on Instagram. You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. logo, logo, action shot, whatever. Trying to like envision something bigger than that. We were starting to have those conversations and, you know, the storytelling aspect was obviously the, the big thing that was yeah. sort of setting you apart of why I'm sure Stuart contacted you in the first place. And when we were kind of looking at, well, what do we have? Like, what can we do? Frankly, from my perspective, knowing I was going to be part of this as the brand manager, which was kind of brewing at the same time that that happened officially. I'm like, okay, what can I do? You know, what is this person and this new media manager role going to be as a teammate? And like that complementary skill set was, you know, exactly what, was needed. Like, honestly. I mean, Spaeth put it well the other day, like I was telling you, Spaeth put it well on episode two where she goes, no, like you and Kai, when we're talking to us, you know, you're definitely among the outliers as far as the, as far as departments of communications goes. For sure. You know, I feel like sometimes, and this just being honest, like, again, we've said this off camera, like some departments put out other things for other departments and it's like, come it's, on, man, who's your audience? It's right? literally, we talk about it and it's yeah. obviously like no like direct shots, but like when we see some things, sometimes we're like, this is, SIDs that we talk about posting for other SIDs. Correct. Yeah, um, 100%. Which is, you know, there are worse things in the world, but yeah. it's also, we try to keep in mind, and, you know, I guess we'll talk about, you know, where we overlap, but, you know, a lot of the design decisions across the board, digital, apparel, whatever, we try to remember that our audience is NYU students. That's yes. our student athletes themselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we expand out, our audience is the NYU community, right? right? And so we want to be representing NYU, which I think, you know, is, seems a little obvious when you say it, but it's easy, you know, when you, especially when we talk about social, we talk about Kyle, your role, when you're on, when you're logged into NYU, at NYU Athletics, the feed you're seeing is a lot of other schools. So it's, it's easy to get tricked into the mindset of like, this is who we're posting for, but who's following us? Obviously, some of those other schools are. But how many NYU students? How many NYU alumni? How many NYU staff, faculty? It's the NYU community that we're really doing this all for. Yeah, and I think the best part of that is that, like, yeah, like that's who we do it for. But a lot of the stuff that, like, the content is done by, you know, members of the community. For sure, and that's what I really appreciated about the most. Like every single time that a graphic goes up that a student designer creates, Zach and Aiden this year in particular. I mean, they Luca Skyler for sure. Like obviously, last year. yeah, yeah, sure. they very much, very much. Kelly, like, second shout out on the pod. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, well deserved. But yo, know, like, ev- like you'll always see like their credit, and that's not only to like open up their network, but also just be like, bro, like if you're on whatever team that is, and you see this awesome graphic, like that that's person that you that's a person that you probably have like walked right past on campus, right, or even have a class with, and whether that be a talking point or not, you know that. Just giving somebody their flowers, honestly. Just well, yeah, we good. we tag our student athletes in the post. Yeah, like we're celebrating their accomplishments, and we kind of want to celebrate the the work that the community is doing as well to promote it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you mentioned before was just the opening of 181, and you were also talking about obviously like you know your path and how many hours you've spent in Coles. Um, I mean, what's the opening of 181 mean to you? This is something that just came to my mind as you were talking about it. But like, but I remember however many months ago it was that for the first time you got to walk through 181 and like jokingly we were on the sidewalk about to enter in and you were like yo like big day for me and i'm yeah. like no like genuinely that morning i i turned to my girlfriend and i was like yo like i'm hyped for andrew <laughs> right because this is a huge day for him so like yeah like what is it going to mean to you and obviously what are your impressions thus far of how it's coming along because we've gotten to go in a few yeah. times i'm going in later opening gonna going oh, nice. later today again. yeah yeah, yeah. And um, what's so the opening gonna mean to you so 
It's going to be great. I mean, I think the primary thing, and, you know, there's going to be a lot, and there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, literature and language put out about all the the sort of opportunities for the entire NYU community from, like, a recreational perspective, fitness, all that stuff is going to be great, but Mm -hmm. that stuff will all come out as part of the official PR. Um, As a NYU basketball alumnus... Uh, and uh, proud supporter of our of our intercollegiate teams in general, I, I just am like really taken aback by what the environments, the game day environments, gonna gonna be. Mm-hmm. I obviously, like Kyle said, I spent probably more of my life in the old Cole Sports Center than like any one building besides my parents' house. If yeah. if I'm like really like logging the hours, yeah. um, so that sort of spot on Mercer Street has a lot of meaning to me. And I think, you know, obviously now we've gone seven years without a home facility like that. But I think that sort of tie to that spot, that address being the home of NYU athletics is something that's going to be really meaningful. And even though it's not this contiguous thing, it's not this continuation of the past, I think having a place that we're rooted is honestly what I'm most excited about you know that the feeling of having a big UAA Friday night home basketball game was the best feeling I had when we were in college you know the entire sort of community around athletics so that's other student athletes from other teams the people who the student the students who worked in the building the students who worked at Palladium you know there was just this sort of and friends of friends it all just descended and it had this real feeling of community. And it's something we ha- we frankly haven't had the opportunity to do since 2016. Yeah. And that's a long time. You're talking about like almost two whole generations of students. So honestly, I'm just excited. You know, I'm sure it'll take some time to build back up and for people to get familiar with the idea. But what I'm most looking forward to is a you know, a packed Friday night for a doubleheader basketball game, a packed Friday night in the fall for, you know, a women's volleyball game, men's volleyball, what have you. You know, the the kind of buzz that's in a building, that's our building, is something that we haven't really had. As great as what we've been able to do in Brooklyn has been, the sort of, like, condensed nature of that makes it so that almost like the more people that are coming, the more stressed out everyone is because it's like, where are we going to put them all? Um, You know, this we're looking at, like, a – I don't have the exact numbers, but, you know, 2,000, 2,200-ish yeah, um, capacity. Like, that's a real crowd, you know, and that's that's something that, you know, again, we haven't been able to do, and that's going to just bring such an energy and such a, a – gr- it's going to be so great for the community. I'm so excited for our current student-athletes and the current members of our community all around. That that's going to be something they're going to get to have. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it too. Sheesh, like, I – I, I've yet to experience that. I would say that the closest I got was probably women's basketball at St. Francis. And, I mean, capacity-wise, like, I, I remember at the time, like, they were turning people away at the door even yeah. for that. But capacity-wise, like, that is nothing. That Like, St. Francis's gym, which, you know, we so graciously got to use, doesn't even hold a candle to right. the amount of people that will be, will be able to get into 181. Then beyond that, too... I remember, like, even that was, like, still really exciting. Like, there was, like, a roar in the crowd, you know what I mean? Obviously, NCAA tournament, that'll for sure come when we get to host. But I also think that, um, like you said, like, to have it be our own, like, with our own marks and stuff, like, I heard the roar of the crowd, and then I see St. Francis Bulldogs. I'm like... Yeah, you see, you, know? <laughs> you, see, you see the you see the blue and red banners. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. this isn't yeah, this isn't fire right. Photos of like yeah. George Janowski, like parallel to the ground diving for a loose ball. Right when we're trying to pick out Bulldog. photos, we're like. 
Well, where is it the most obscure that exactly. we're not on our own home that court, like, like for all the stuff we're doing? One of the basketball benches like had our NYU like sleeve over it, mm-hmm. but then sometimes like you know when you're falls hustling off. and bustling, yeah. yeah, it falls off and just says St. Francis. So again, I mean, you know, it's not against St. Francis, just it just wasn't ours. Right, it and was. I mean, with that NCAA basketball mind, like, what am I most looking forward to on the? You know, we're going to be talking a lot about my role as brand manager, but with my op side of things, I'm actually going to be based out of there. Um, so I'm excited because I'm going to work there, but in the meetings that we're having about what the sort of day-to-day of operating in that building is going to be, um, as you might expect with a new building opening, there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of sort of like stress points of, well, how are we even going to do this just because we're not in the space yet, right? But me and uh, my colleague, Lauren Lepresti, who's going to be the assistant athletic director over in that building, will like sometimes just take a deep breath and we're like, okay, but... NCAA basketball there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First round, second round, Sweet Very 16, correct. whatever it is. You know, our, we have, you know, our men's basketball team's currently still undefeated. Women's basketball uh, recently number one in the in the D3 Hoops Top 25 poll. You know, so we're just thinking, but what about whatever, you know, last weekend of February, first weekend of March? We're like, packed. when if we have this place packed, NCAA basketball, like whatever stresses come along with getting this open, like, that's the that's sort of like the shiny thing that we have in our minds that I certainly have in my mind of like how sick is this going to be? Yeah, it's going to be so worth it, especially like even down to you know one of the stories that I posted earlier this week was Spath, you know, being on the train to Brooklyn, right? But like for like our teams to just be able to practice and you know not have to worry about like leapfrogging other people for for us on the upside scheduling a media day, which applies <laughs> to every student athlete. Yeah, listen, bro. If you are a student athlete listening to this and you have your media day, just know that when you pull up, there was about like 87 hoops that we had to jump through. Yeah, I'd say like uh, 12 to 60 emails yeah, had to, oh, yeah. <laughs> that um, had to be sent to schedule that. Tuesday. Like, yeah. yeah. I know, man. Yeah, so I mean, media days, I mean, listen, they're a lot of fun. It also brings us into our next topic of like uniforms, right? So like we rolled out a bunch of new uniforms this year, a bunch of which are we're, we're really, really excited about how they turned out. But like... You know, you and I, we got to, again, credit to Stewart and senior leadership. They really, really wanted the student-athletes input on these. And so we got to have a bunch of conversations with you toward the end of, like, late last academic year where it's like, hey, like, what are you liking? This is a thing behind that, you know. So um, talk about some of the inspiration and decision-making that we had behind the design design choices that we did make for some of these uniforms. Yeah, and to echo the first part of what Kyle said, like, definite thanks to Stewart and the senior staff because it's been, a, again, I'm, I'm a uniform guy mm-hmm. through and through. Uh, I read UniWatch every day. If you're one of the people that knows what I'm talking about, like, right. shout out to you. <laughs> um, so the whole time I've been here, going back to when I'm a student, like, being able to revamp what we do with our uniforms is, along with the sort of rebranding, I've talked about something that I've always wanted to do. And, um, like I said, credit to senior staff because I've always been of the mind that if the person making – the decisions or kind of leading a project doesn't have a strong opinion about the way that project should go. That's probably a good sign that they're not the right person to kind of be looking at it. And um, one thing, Kyle, you can attest to this. I have uh, opinions (laughs) about uh, aesthetic opinions about how, how we should be like representing ourselves. So yeah, I think the biggest thing coming out of this rebrand and I mean, you see it on these mic flags, um, was a big emphasis was we are emphasizing that we are the violets. Mm-hmm. Um, that is who we are. 
Uh, I was never a particular fan of the the previous sort of cartoony Bobcat logo. Uh, I am, in fact, though, a fan of what I affectionately call RoboCat from the 90s. Yeah. It belongs where it belongs in the past, but yeah. you know, like we all we all love our throwback logos. Um, but with us being the Violets, I thought it was so important that, and this might seem obvious, and especially for those for any student athlete or anyone that's on campus listening to this, that's a first year, that we should have some purple uniforms. Yeah, um, seriously, which is something we didn't do for a number of like logistical reasons that. I can under like in terms of just consistency, like, oh, we can get a lot of things in black. We could put our purple logo on that. That's fine. Um, but in this sense, kind of this time around, I had we had as a department that kind of we all agreed to a couple of sort of key priorities. And that was, first of all, increasing the sort of uniform option. So every team that had like two uniform options now has three. Like everyone basically has more than they had before, you know? So even like cross country track and field would have like one singlet. Now they have two. We kind of like increased um, options and versatility. And as much as possible, we wanted to showcase all of these new marks. So that meant, you know, in most cases, and we'll use basketball as an example or baseball as an example, baseball, softball, because it's pretty straightforward, you know, one uniform was going to have the monogram logo. One would say violets. One would say NYU. NYU yep. So pretty much across the board, we wanted to do that. The exceptions would be if something was so obviously sitting there that it's like, why would you not do this? Um, so soccer yep. is the one which honestly, I mean, I'm a basketball guy through and through, as you might be able to tell. And I'm a huge baseball fan, but I'm probably happiest with our soccer uniforms out of Seriously. anything we did because yeah, we have we have a crest like as part of this sort of new brand package we have a crest and like Kyle we had conversations I was talking to Shane Mark in the equipment room and it's like we're not going to reinvent the wheel here like we can put a crest yeah on a lob. on a perfect, jersey yeah. and it looks you know right professional it looks like you know a professional team in yeah. Europe um yeah Kyle's, Kyle's pulling it up we'll right now yeah on the video yeah. on the video portion exactly. of course now this is the uh the like trend perfectionist in me, of course, like three months after we do the sort of traditional left chest crest thing, uh, Nike and Adidas start deciding that their new templates are going to be putting a center crest on every team in Europe and like every national team. So I don't know, I guess check back in 2024. We might be, (laughs) (laughs) we might be slightly behind the times on that too, but still where we could like sort of classically use a, um, like a sports design, same thing with baseball. Like in most cases, we wanted to put violets on a home jersey, like you'll see on um, on on a home white on like women's volleyball, men's women's basketball, soon to debut uh, men's volleyball as well. But I'm a look, I'm a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. But when we started talking about baseball, you know, we have this monogram. It's an interlocking NYU. So I mean, Bob, again, obviously, you know, we we don't have images yet for you, but um, like break. Kyle, do you want to break some news about what our like home baseball uniform is going to look like? Yeah, think about um, the team that plays in the Bronx, um, and those iconic, iconic pinstripes. Yeah, I mean that that was just it was sick that we were able to put that like put that through because mm-hmm. I think there was a moment in which we were not sure that we'd be able to make it happen. But I mean, yeah, pinstripes and an interlocking NYU like but to NY. But to speak to the first thing Kyle said mm-hmm. was the meetings with the student athletes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that first of all. Any student athlete listening across the board, 
great participation and like your input was invaluable. And I hope that that shows through and what, what came through, obviously there were some logistical things that we had to deal with supply chain, Nike, blah, 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 that may have had some effect on timing or what was available, but that baseball meeting that we actually had in, it was like one of the only ones we did in person. We did it here and we pulled that pinstripe uh, option up on the, on the TV in this conference room. And like the guys like went crazy and like seeing that level of excitement and getting that buy-in it's so important. I mean, we never with anything in the department, we don't want anything to feel like, Oh, we're like, doing something that we're making you do like, Oh, we're like the grownups, like forcing this upon you. And I think like getting that input from all of our teams is so important. Even, even men's basketball, for example. And I love the way our men's basketball uniforms look. We had such a great meeting with those guys, but I went in, we had like three or four different sort of Nike templates, um, you know, obviously looking at similar color schemes for everything. And I was like, okay, it's very obvious to me. Like this is one, two, three, four in terms of priority. This one's clearly the best one. And the guys were like unanimous that it was a different one. And yeah, then flipped. they started like kind of saying, oh, but what if we like, you know, I, we had sort of the base of like, you know, white, gray, purple. He was like, well, what if we flip like the inside stripe is like black instead of gray and we flip those. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. You know, so getting that perspective was so important. And I think that there's a lot of consistency across the board of how our teams look now. And yeah, I, I just think <laughs> I can't emphasize enough, like the, the joy in my heart, it brings me to see our teams in purple uniforms yeah. to, for us to be the violets uh, right. and, and just be violet. Like, I also understand like everyone's, you know, just um, liking of, of black jerseys. Again, black jerseys are sick. Like no one here is going to contend that. However, our thing was like, we need to at least have a purple jersey. Yeah, like we are the only mascot that that, or we're the only school that has the violets as their mascot. Which I don't know if everybody knows, but there's only like a handful of NCAA mascots that are like one of ones, and we are exactly that. But yeah, I mean, you know, to not have a purple base uniform, that was definitely missing from the fold. But I don't know when the last time you looked at like any photos that had old uniforms in it, but it feels like so long ago. Oh, I, I was on, I was on, again, this is just what I'm into. I was on D3hoops.com when the women, uh, women's basketball was, you know, announced the number one team. And I'm like, put up a photo from last year. Like, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, um, they don't even ask us for stuff. I mean, that's now we're getting a little inside baseball, but like for real, I'm like, we've been posting, like like, take something with the new uniforms. But yeah, I, you know, and in a lot of cases we still have like black as one of the three options. And in some cases we don't. And I think it's honestly like a case by case basis. And I think that's, you know, you really get into the nitty gritty of it and it really matters what the sort of optics of the sport are. So, you know, you might look at, um, you know, men's women's soccer, they, their third Jersey is black, but Mm -hmm. men's women's basketball, their third Jersey is gray. Mm -hmm. Part of that is, you know, trying to just like break it up and have some variety in what that alternate is. But part of it is, you know, we kind of looked at is gray a, a good idea for like the third Jersey across the board. It's a little more versatile. It could be light or dark in that way. And that's working out great for basketball. I think yeah. not to rule out a potential black uniform for basketball in the future. Cause I think 
in my head, if I'm thinking next time we do it, I would maybe like to reintroduce it personally. But when you look at the, you have to think about like the scale of what people are watching from and with soccer being watched from such a greater distance and so much further apart, like the contrast is so much more important. And I started thinking to myself, there's a reason you don't, when you think about like professional soccer teams, you don't see a lot of gray besides like in a goalkeeper's uniform, because I'm imagining, okay, if some team comes in and they're wearing Royal blue and we're wearing this gray, it's like, yeah, you're going to be able to tell the difference, but we don't really want something to like, mush you know when you think about even like the sort of like change kits that like you know professional soccer teams have a lot of times it's like you know their primary kit is like you know whatever bright red bright blue whatever their primary color is but a lot of times you'll see like it's like a high vis yellow a high vis green because like no matter what you're wanting that to pop from a distance yeah so you might not want to do something as subtle as a gray in that, whereas you can in basketball. So there's only five on the court, 94 feet, camera angles tighter. So, you know, there's a lot that went into it, but honestly it was just exciting to be able to think about things this way, as opposed to like light uniform, dark uniform. It says NYU across the chest, order it, churn it out. Yeah. I mean, to make it collaborative was probably the most fun part of it all really just the planning. Obviously it's exciting what's actually in hand, but we knew that a lot of the work was just in the planning um, itself. I'm just looking at like some of the teams that have began competition thus far. So cross country, you mentioned, right. To have the purple singlets to say NYU across the chest and then white, where it says violets on the, on the, on the singlet itself. And, you know, people behind the curtain, I didn't know this prior to starting this year, but I was talking to head coach Tyler Deck Shipley and he was saying like, Hey, like, you know, it's kind of, maybe like tradition or customary, whatever the term that he, he used that like you kind of save your whites for like, you know, like the peak championship. Right. right? And that was like really cool to, to learn about. So, I mean, again, like in the past, you didn't have that option. Right? right. But to now have flavors is pretty cool. Women's basketball, you mentioned white, purple, and gray. Same thing with the men. Women's soccer, men's soccer. Uh, what is it? White, purple, black. White, purple, right? black. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those look really good. The wrestling singlets look awesome Oof, in white as well as in black. Wrestling singlets um, are. I love women's volleyball's flavors as well. They have, what is it? A black long sleeve, a white long sleeve? A black long sleeve which is sort of similar to the template they had before, but with like updated logos, obviously Mm -hmm. a white long sleeve. Now we're getting like, we're getting deep white long sleeve with that gradient sleeve, which I love. And then their purple is the same like Jersey base as that long sleeve, but it's sleeveless. Uh And we got them compression sleeves that match, which are sick. Yeah. Uh, Fencing. I mean, they actually low key, like they actually had some of the, like the newest stuff from last year. Yeah, they got like they got some spring. stuff for for the NCAA championships. Mm-hmm. I think that's now been standardized across the board for their right. whole team. Uh, tennis, their stuff looks really good. I remember talking with the women's tennis team during their media day, and they were like, "We love to go purple on purple." I was like, "Yeah, that you know, that <laughs> that low key, we have not. Um, we didn't have it in time for media day, but yeah, I've seen yeah. it in some action shots. The purple tank, mm-hmm. they're uh, now. This is for the like the real like gear guys out here, gear guys and girls. Uh, they got center swoosh on that uh, purple yeah. tank. Yeah, center swoosh monogram right under it. So they're kind of they're kind of killing it on that I one that people, no one else got. Like <laughs> people like appreciate center swoosh without even knowing that it's fire, just because like you'll see it on like your favorite. Like uh, there are like these apps like Poshmark, Mercari, etc. Mm. Where if you type in center swoosh, it'll literally be followed by like center swoosh Drake, center swoosh Travis Scott for sure. So, and it's just like yeah, it's like vintage, but like that classic look as well. Um, and then golf looks really good too. I, I really like golf stuff. Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, again, I just wanted to run through some of the media days that we have already had. What men's volleyball is next. Of course, you know, even though there's not Nike, but, like, Speedo would swim and dive. Like, For sure. Stuff, I mean, bro, the monogram on the side of those hats, so, or rather those caps, those caps. really, really good. Look really good. And the... I forget whether it's dive or swim women's have that um, really cool like purple yeah, sort of yeah. like pattern. It's one or the other and yeah, the other yeah. doesn't. Right. Um, yeah. sorry, 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 you all have seen a lot of uniforms. I know. Um, I'm sorry, I'm together. But yeah, just – and again, that speaks to, again, getting that purple in the space was just like so important for us to be the violets. Yeah, exactly. So um, that is our New York University violet talk for sports but um new york sports just in general so first of all where did you grow up again staten island yeah staten island and so yeah. you grew up a mets fan though so how did that come about um i mean was it family or? yeah just family it's yeah. my dad my dad's i mean that's if you're from new york you i mean i don't know anyone the only people i know from new york that don't root for who their family root for is because they're specifically like trying to like get it, get get at their parents, like, or whatever, or like, they're like the youngest sibling. Uh, And it's like, oh, like, you know, my big brother's like a, was a big Yankees fan. So it'll piss him off for me to like work for the Mets or whatever. But yeah, my, um, my, my dad was just a Mets fan. And like, it goes back to his father came from Italy in like the early fifties and started rooting for the Brooklyn Dodgers. My parents are both from Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. And, uh, my father, my grandfather, like, and to a certain extent, you know, me, we, I think we've all met, we all mellowed out as we got a little older, but a uh, long line of haters. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, as soon as the Dodgers left, apparently just, you know, knowing my grandfather when I was young, he like went all in on hating the Yankees yeah. before the Mets came. So that was just like, that was what his baseball fandom was. So when the Mets uh, arrived in 62, there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't much of a choice. Um, and yeah, then you know my dad kind of followed in line, and and I followed by and followed behind that. Interestingly, though, my mom's side of the family were Yankee fans, but my mother was like not like a huge baseball fan before she met my dad. But she's like fully over. She's more in. Well, it's hard to say if she's more into it, but uh, she watches more baseball than my dad. My dad, who by the way, really? one day, wow. one day. Uh, potentially interesting podcast guest, uh, NYU men's basketball, all-time wins leader, Joe Nesci. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so interesting. Here's some interesting stories. Talk about midnight run on the bus. That's for all my basketball guys. You know what I'm talking about? But, um, he is like, he's a Mets sicko. Like he gets, like he gets too angry to watch. He's like, see, he'll be like sitting on his phone, like watching the, like game MLB, the, yeah. the MLB app game cast. But like, he gets like too mad at any individual like move to watch the game. But yeah, so my mom has like go into the basement and like watch the game on like a little TV by herself because <laughs> he gets Damn. he gets too stressed. Um, no, so no, yeah, like sports fans is passionate. But yeah, that's honestly, and I, I know you're a big Yankee fan, but you're also a big Nets fan. Like that's the only, frankly, across all sports, the only team I like have like a passionate rooting interest in one of the I love basketball I'll watch any basketball game that's on anytime but like it's actually a little bit of the curse I think of being like the son of a coach mm-hmm. like I can't watch I can never root for the Knicks quote unquote like even though like a lot of my friends did because I'm like what does that mean like I'm rooting for them like if, if I don't like the way they're playing why would I root for them you know what I mean right. but with baseball because I'm a little bit removed from it I never played competitively I was never you know around it at like a high level. It was just 
sort of the thing my family did in the summer that we were interested in. I have enough of a remove that I can be, you know, irrationally just like, I root for the Mets. Like yeah. I, I've watched like a hundred plus Mets game, Mets games a year since I was eight. And when I'm in person, even we go to like NYU, when I'm working at NYU baseball game here, I can't tell what a pitch is. I yeah, can't yeah, tell yeah, if it's yeah. a fastball slide or whatever, cutter, right? but like <laughs> if I'm at a basketball game, it's like, I kind of know what kind of offense any team is running or yeah. like, I'll be like, I'll, I'll have a screen. Exactly. Holds. I'll have yeah. like, I'll have a, a comment or something. Yeah. So it makes it hard to have like a rooting interest outside of an individual game. Like any, like I'll find myself rooting in a basketball game, right. obviously for someone, but I'm not just like, I like the guys in that jersey, so I want them to win. If they start doing stuff I don't like, I'm like, no, you just you deserve to lose. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. I feel like in basketball more than anything, a lot of people just root for players, and then wherever True. they go, they just transfer allegiance. Yeah, but um, yeah, with the Yankees, I became a Yankee. And you're and you're a Queens guy, man. That's yeah, a, so it's that's a little messed. It it's a little yeah. messed up. Yeah. So I mean, but then I I always give the explanation. People always be like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I grew up like. Two miles away, from, yeah. From then Shea Stadium, now City Field. You can catch me on at What Pros Wear on Instagram and TikTok because I do a lot this of guys. This guy's out here promoting the side hustle. This interviews, hey man. You know, say we'll take the followers anyway we can get them. <laughs> um, not so silent behind the violets, but uh, yeah. So like, I get to do a lot of on-field interviews with those guys before games, and you know they're really cool. Again, like having grown up in such close proximity to to those stadiums, but. Derek Jeter was my guy, man. Derek Jeter was my guy growing up. So, you know, I was war number two, wanted to be shortstop just like him, like every other kid like that grew up in that time period. But, um, but yeah, I'll, he's literally the sole reason I'm here. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll chime in here. Not not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that And that's the funny part as a Mets fan is like everything you're describing is like what – I'll not speak for all Mets fans of, you know, millennial age, but uh, that's what we hated. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. that, like, oh, but Jeter, like, but you got to respect Jeter. I'm like, do I? Like, <laughs> that's like is that like, I'm like, man, I'm like, I mean, it's not that I, it's not that I don't, but I, was there a law passed that I, know, I made? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man, it's just funny. Like, but what I about, have, what about the Nets though? Reasons. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing. So I have way more reasons to be a uh, Mets fan than a Yankees fan. And same thing with the Knicks versus the Nets. Like my dad came to the U.S. from the from the Philippines in the '80s, and the Knicks were like peak Knicks, yeah, like, or like you know through the '90s and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so, like, I have more reason to be a Knicks fan. Jason Kidd was my guy growing up. Same thing, you know what I mean? Vince Carter came through. Richard Jefferson. The starting lineup at the time that I was really watching every day was like Nainard Christich and Jason Collins in the front Nainard, court. that's I'm some here, that's bro. some remember some guys. Nainard Christich. And so that's why when Katie and Kyrie came and everyone was like, "Oh, like you know, you bandwagon fan." I'm like, bro, I was there when Donald Sloan and <laughs> and you know other guys were being run out there, and I, I watched uh, the Devin Harris like, years. Oh the- my God, he's a he's an he's a What's it called? An analyst for really? the Yes Network now. Wow, I'm old. Yeah, he was <laughs> in the studio in Stanford, Connecticut for Yes Network, you know, talking about uh, Kyrie's performance. And I was like, this is just a wild time for me. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean, I watched some bad. bad That's the, I watched Sergei Karasev tear every single ligament in his kneecap when he played the pelicans in 2014 i've been out here man that's People why that's the that's the advantage basketball wise of like being like agnostic i guess about yeah. like your teams is i love those jason kidd teams i had yeah. one of the first jerseys talking about jerseys again uh-huh. like that like i bought myself was um any uh, any current NYU student is far too young to remember this, but remember the uh, the Nike Rewind series where yeah. it was like yeah. a current player jersey 
on a sort of throwback jersey template, but right. like they like flip the colors. It's like too many things at once, but like I assure you in 2004 and 2005, <laughs> this was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got like a Jason Kidd Nets like rewind jersey. Uh-huh. It was the the sort of classic like ABA yeah, template, red, white, but it read the red, white, and blue. But it was red. Yeah, yeah. So nets across like blue and white down the side, stars, on the side, that stars down the yeah. side. I was like, that was like, wow. Now yeah. I'm like really killing it in that moment. Jerry Seinfeld has this great bit where he uh, he says that like for sports you're just rooting for laundry. Yeah. You know? Noted Mets fan, Jerry yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah, he is a big Mets fan and Kith model. So, you know, Kith, if you're listening, and we know that you are. Right right, 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 up, right up the block. Right up the block. We're, we're coming back to the neighborhood. Big opportunity yeah. on Mercer. Just, you know, a, a couple blocks away. What are we doing here? Um, some say Supreme as well, but, like, I'm kind of out on Supreme. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I guess I see some students rocking it, but for me. I, it's Anyone kind of like what is what is it at this point? Not if we're getting into like a into a, a fashion sure. conversation, it's like <laughs> is it even is it even a brand or is it kind of just like a thing you could slap on something? Like I feel like it's not outside. Maybe maybe I'm speaking out of term, but outside of the box logo, I'm not sure what what kind of perspective there really even is there, and what kind of consistency, but. I mean, on the same topic, though, about, like, kind of just struggling to define, like, dunks. Because, like, every student athlete. Well, don't don't come for Mo Carney with his. He, he, loves, his, he loves his purples for his game he has, day. He has some, yeah. And those well, are. For, he has some good stuff. He does. And for game day, I love it. Just cla- I mean, we're saying we're the Violets. We're purple, That's purple right. and white. Yeah. But, you know, things have their place. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, like, yo, like, a lot of students, again, like. Just trends or whatever. Is this is this Kyle calls deal. out the students? Hey man, you know, <laughs> but no, like listen, I got some dunks myself. But like, is it not frustrating at this point? Like that, like just everything is just so oversaturated because like we're sneaker guys, yeah, right. And like I'm the, I'm wearing sevens right now yeah. that are probably older than some of you in this video. <laughs> well, the best part is that thinking back to like my interview with you guys that I did on Zoom at the time I was living with my parents before I moved out. That's I great. just had this like wall of sneakers behind me, like the, the clear container store boxes, um, so you could see a bunch of things. So like one of the questions that Andrew asked, like after like the actual interview was over, was like, hey, so like. Those blazers over your left shoulder? <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, I still, what I, I remember now because you gave a, a wrong answer. Oh, yeah, uh, was it? I was like, I see you got like a sneaker wall behind yeah. you. What's your like favorite pair that you have right there? And you're like, it's got to be my Jeter ones. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, X. Hire <laughs> <laughs> the next guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling him. Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, they're just dunks, bro. Like, uh, it's just, it's getting to be a lot. I mean, I'm glad that like students can can hop in on them, but yeah, I, I mean, know, I, we see we see we see a lot of students in some pandas. We do a lot of, we do see lot of some students in some pandas, right? That's you know, we could we could take it any further. We could leave it at that. But I mean, I mean, know. all I'll say is if you're a 20 year old like buying dunks, like do some research about what was happening around 2010, 2011. There was a lot of fun, creative stuff happening with dunks yeah, at that time. Yeah, um, at, a, at a more attainable, uh, in a more attainable market, let's say, for yeah, exactly. more interesting shoes. But right. um, I do want to just bring us to this last point. So, I mean, like you said at the beginning, though, like, you know, like yo, Kyle and I are friends. So I was like, yo, 100%, yeah. 100%, <laughs> dude. And, like, I'm very fortunate in that many of the places that I have gone, like, I've gotten pretty pretty cool with the people that I've gotten to work with and again it just makes waking up on a December or January morning like a little less sucky you know because you're just like oh, you know what well like at least I get to work alongside some people that I mess with so like honestly like this just kind of brings it back to the conversation about 
or rather like the the focus on how a lot of the people that are listening to this are if not already gonna be young professionals in the workplace and so really just like maintaining oneself like i don't know about you but like i mentioned my journal before like i'll journal a lot but also just straight up go for a walk because like yo don't forget the fact that we're like in new york city like just going for a walk here pretty good deal right where you're kind of left alone i'll actually give the almost opposite advice because I think a lot of this also depends on you got to like know what centers you and brings you back to yourself. And for me, something I haven't, we haven't talked about all in this conversation, but I actually, in my time here as undergrad, I majored in cinema studies. So I'm a huge movie guy. I see more than is probably healthy, but like I, I go whenever I can. But like for me, it's always been a thing if I'm like, feeling on edge with whatever I've got going on. It's like a really centering thing for me to go to the movies, get, get like zoned in on like a completely different world. And, you know, I know that probably works for some people and wouldn't work for others. Like, but something in terms of like being able to maintain yourself is being aware of yourself and knowing what things kind of bring you back to a level place. And, knowing that about myself was like a big game changer for Where'd me. Where'd you learn that about yourself? Was it COVID? No, okay. that was, well, yeah, I was an undergrad in COVID. Yeah, no, no, for yeah. sure. In COVID, I mean, in COVID, I, uh, I logged numbers watching movies at home. Yeah. Um, yeah, that year, yeah, check my letterbox. You would, <laughs> you'll be like, what was wrong with this guy in 2020 and 2021? Um, no, it was probably, yeah, like a little bit after when I was in my like early 20s and I was cobbling some different hustles together, I guess, before, you know, I was kind of doing this full time and um, really focused. And I was, and even when I started back here full time, working like weird hours, nights, weekends, and I would just have like afternoons a lot of the time that were to myself and you don't have friends who are kind of off at the same time. Yeah. And honestly, it was, it took me a little while. It was like late in college that I, broke through the gap and I'm not sure if any people feel this way but I felt like super weird about going to the movies by myself when oh, I was yeah. like in Doing college. anything by yourself. Right. A and lot of people are like like weird about or rather feel a, t- a type of way about like going out to eat by themselves et cetera et cetera. Yeah. Anyways, yeah no for sure and yeah, it was I forget even what movie it was but there was some point where like I had been like home for the weekend and like a bunch of my friends went to see something that I knew we all wanted to see and I was like well I'm not gonna like not see it so I just like powered through and like went on a Sunday night and that like unlocked the sort of feeling of like, Oh, it's a different feeling when I go to the movies by myself of just being like, I'm here with this. I just like live in this world. Now I'm not thinking about what my buddy is going to think about the movie or what we're going to do after this, that, whatever. And it's just kind of a different thing for me. And yeah, it was probably in my like early mid twenties that like first I was like, Oh, this is something I can do. And then it was like, oh, this is something I actively seek out as part of, you know, I know like it's a cliche, but like as part of self-care, like I need to be, there was a time where I was like needing to do that like once a week minimum. Now I've got like more stuff going on in my life that, you know, kind of helps, but it's a, it's a, that was a huge tool for me. Yeah. And I feel like you kind of just learn it through experience of just trying new things, right? Like I didn't know that I would really take the journaling. I didn't know that I would really like to just go for a walk. I mean, same thing with people that like, whether it be shooting hoops or going for a run, whatever it is, um, you know, like just finding after taking inventory of yourself, like I've said multiple times throughout this episode, you know, just finding out that, that about yourself. Um, favorite place to watch a movie 
like favorite theater, favorite theater in New York City. So, experimental. There's like a, there's a two there's a, two there's a twofold answer. Okay. The best place to the best like screen, like the best theater to be sitting in to watch a movie, is the um, what's it called? The Village East, the the City Cinemas. Now I think Angelica owns it on Second um, and between 11th and 12th, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think, got like five theaters total, but one of them is like an old theater theater. Like the the whole complex was uh, sort of like traditional, like Jewish theater in like the early 1900s and got taken over to be a movie theater. Mm-hmm. So it's that sort of like grand ballroom type theater. It's my favorite place yeah. to watch a movie. Is that the, the one with like the really big like uh, sign out front? Like, yeah, it's got the, the triangle theaters? sign. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Now, you got to kind of, either like, I don't know if you can see it online, but you got to like call ahead. I mean, usually if it's like the big movie to know what's going to be in there because the rest of the theaters are in the basement and they're not the best. They're like, they're fine, but like it's just like cookie cutter little theaters, right? So that's the best single sort of screen to watch. But my favorite place to go uh, is not a uh, an NYU Athletics plug, but it's the Angelica, which is right across yeah. the street from 181 Mercer. It's oh, yeah, on the actually, yeah, it's actually not, again, there's why it's best for different reasons. Um, it's actually sort of a terrible place to sit and watch a movie because you're literally next to the Broadway Lafayette Street subway stop, yeah. so you will be hearing the F train. That's wild. But the, it has sort of the best selection of stuff to see. Like, it has what uh, my girlfriend and others would call regular movies, yeah, but yeah. it also has... Um, Sort of like interest, well, it'll do revival stuff, but it has like indie stuff that's like only going to come out in like four theaters in America. It will be one of them a lot of the times. So, you know, anyone who's like a movie person, like Joanna Hogg's movies, like I saw the souvenir part one and part two there, saw her recent movie this this, this year that came out there. And like, you're not going to see that at an AMC. Um, so that's like my favorite place to sort of check for anyway. I think my last several months at least I, I think there's like scaffolding over near that movie theater right there now. is but honestly like even in the length in which that we have been working in mercer for like this past year um like i just didn't even see that as a movie theater really like, yeah i mean it's pretty hidden i guess know? so it's like i mean this is the interesting thing i mean i was thinking about this when you were saying you know when you and kai kind of sit back like, we're at nyu yeah. there are so many things and i have to like check myself sometimes that since this has always been sort of a part of my environment and part of my community that I need to not take it for granted. Like mm-hmm. I hear like it's the Angelica famous indie film movie theater, but yeah, it's maybe it's been a little hidden. I'm like, you know, it's yeah. great. Highly recommend. Yeah. Highly I mean, recommend. I mean, if anything, you just also good little coffee shop on the first floor before you go oh, in. Yeah. It's like oh, a, didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's going to be Kai's the, ice coffee spot. The Angelica Film Center and Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if anything, you're just putting people onto other theaters that they didn't otherwise know about, right? Like, yeah. it isn't always, like, 34th Street, you know, AMC or that, whatever it is. That being said, I am uh, I am currently an AMC A-list and, like, Regal, whatever it is, uh, member. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be canceling my AMC because I live in Astoria now, and that's right. the movie theater Regal. over there is a Regal. Yeah. Regal, Regal, Regal Crown Club. That's right. You know, if, you're, if you're going to a lot of movies – Pays, pays for itself. I'll tell you how much. That's facts. Yeah, pays so, for itself. So let them know who put you on. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is really just like establishing and upholding boundaries. I think that this is something that we continue to work on, but also like a lot of, honestly, like current students, maybe even um, student athletes amongst each other. Yeah. Student athletes with their coaches. 
future professionals with their future, you know, bosses and supervisors. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm just like continuing to work on that, like I said, but like sometimes if it's just like, yo, like I just logged a, a personal day and I don't need to give you an explanation, yeah, bro, stick by that, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, if, if that's not just a reminder to anyone else, maybe it's just a reminder to myself, but I mean, I hope that that's something that at least resonates because that's something that Andrew and I have done. Like that, there are times where, you know, we have like texted each other in time. It's just like, Hey, like I'm out today and like, here's why. But, um, you know, if anything comes up, like, yeah, it might be an inquiry that you have to pick up on my behalf. Not about the personal matter, but like, hey, sure. like if somebody asks about, you know, this video, here's where it's at. You know what I mean? Like just picking each other up. And I also think that kind of communication and kind of knowing who you can rely on among your coworkers and who you can have that level of um, trust. trust with is important because sometimes you need to communicate. I forget exactly what it was. It was actually about like scheduling recording this but you sent me a text on saturday morning and you were like i forget what the exactly thing the the actual detail was but you're like only reason i'm sending this to you on a saturday morning is x yeah and i feel like we do a good job of that a lot of the people that we kind of work with do a decent job of this too is like just that acknowledgement means a lot Mm -hmm. you know when you know you know this is the in our industry Stuff's happening all the time. Student athletes who are listening, you know you're playing on the weekends, you know, and and people are working on that stuff. But, you know, being aware that when you're, you know, requesting something of someone or like putting something out there to them, just showing respect to each other, being like, hey, I know this might not be a time that is good for you and I'm going to acknowledge that this is the reason why I'm saying it now. Get back to me when you can. Or, hey, this is super urgent and I know it's messed up that I'm asking, that makes a huge difference, you know, and not, and when you do that, when you extend that for others, you know, if people are good people, they extend that back to you. I think it's so healthy that we do that or rather that it's become so second nature us to us to like be aware of that because like that goes to show how often we like practice it. Like, I'm just going to throw names out there because it's like an example of where they have done it. Well, like one time Stuart needed something on, uh, on a Sunday, Hey, apologies for, no, it was a Saturday apologies for the Saturday text, but can you X, Y, and Z? Absolutely. Like I just have anybody on my laptop. Cool. However, if I were not, I wouldn't be afraid despite being the athletic director, like, and, and our boss, saying, hey, you know what, I'm sorry, like, I am not by my laptop, I wasn't anticipating anything today, but, you know, here's what we can do, here's when I can do it, etc. Another example is, like, when Janice reached out to me, it was right before the cross-country trip, where it was a Sunday morning, and she goes, hey, Kyle, like, I'm super sorry about the Sunday text, but I wanted to give you a call because there's a possibility in which you'd be traveling with the cross-country team, and you'd be, like, departing Tuesday morning, you know, whatever it is, you'd get itinerary details tomorrow, Monday. And I was like, okay, word, like, her just even saying that, I was driving at the time, but, like, her just saying that on the text... Um, you know, I meant a lot, right? Like just, just to acknowledge, um, Hey, like this, I know this is outside of normal hours and I'm probably passing that boundary, but you know, Hey, like I, it's cool if you uphold that. However, good job by, by us to begin with, to even establish those to start with. Yeah. But I think that is the other side of it is like, as you enter these spaces in a working world, like even a lot of people will not be sort of pressing on you that way out of maliciousness. Like right. a lot of times people just don't have self-awareness for lack sure. of a better word. Sure. And if you, in a sense, give them the grace of not necessarily snapping at them, but just establishing that boundary in like a nice way and just mm-hmm. being honest, that kind of helps build the culture more toward 
what Kyle and I are talking about where it becomes standard, where if someone is like, hey, can you do this? You know, not trying not to get that sort of panicked feeling of like, oh, someone's, someone's putting this on me. I need to do it. I need to do it. I'm going to like throw my life upside down. But, you know, being able to establish those boundaries of, hey, I'm actually out uh, at my sister's house hanging out with my nephews and I don't have my computer with me. Right. I'll get to this, you know, first thing when I get in tomorrow. You know, people learn that like, oh, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have just assumed, you know, and that kind of helps build it, you know, and not being afraid to kindly say what your boundaries are. Yeah. Even down to like really, really micro things. There's uh, Emily who, who we work with. She is the senior manager for strategic initiatives. You as student athletes have probably interacted with her just surveys, you know, exit interviews, yeah, yeah, or rather nature. exit surveys. Yeah. Like end of season type stuff. Anyways, she's awesome with like just using schedule send. Bruh, schedule send is a godsend, and it's another—it's something that enough people don't use. I don't care if four emails come through on Monday at 8 a.m. As long as they're not coming in at Saturday, 11.36 p.m., you know, Sunday, 2.04 a.m., et cetera, et cetera. Like, yo, like, re respect that. Even I'm going to be honest, Kyle. Phone, man. I do care. I'm weird. I do my schedule send. Like, one is at, like, 8.11. One's, one's at 8.16. <laughs> because yeah, I'm I like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm like, this is natural. Uh, for social media posts, there's this uh, platform that I sometimes use called Later. It's just, like, mm. Hootsuite and stuff like that. But I'll be like, yeah, schedule post Monday 9 a.m.? 917. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 917. I was just again. thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. just crossed my mind. But yeah, schedule send is great. Um, yeah, just little stuff like that that just go a really long way. Because again, like burnout is a real thing, especially in Division Three athletics. I've experienced it and it sucks. It makes you not bring like the best version of yourself to work, makes you not put out the best product that you can. I think that, and this goes back to the very top of the conversation, but like any athletic institution or rather any Athletic department that's really, really doing things well has done a great job, in my opinion, of separating stuff that is like game day versus like communications. There's game day communications, but there's stuff that strictly goes on, you know, for like game day operations. But then there's other stuff that's like storytelling and, you know, more lighthearted stuff like that or even more dense for that matter. But for us, we've separated that out literally just through the hiring of, of new positions that have helped alleviate some workloads that, I mean, you see it in the product. And I mean, I, I know that you're proud of it. I'm proud of it. The student athletes, I mean, we've, we've gotten here about it, you know, a little bit in passing about, um, you know, just how it's something that they're, they're happy to share. So it's definitely something that like, I'm pretty, pretty proud of, to be honest. I'm extremely proud. I mean, yeah. especially as an alum, right? Too. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think I touched on this a number of times, right. But like, I, care so much about how we represent ourselves and how NYR teams, NYU athletics is seen by the NYU community at large. You know, I think anyone that's a former student athlete, current student athlete, especially, you know what it's like to like be in class out in the community and like answer a question about like the sort of what Kyle said, oh, I didn't know we had this team, whatever. Yeah, okay. And that question is going to come, and I think we're moving toward it being a like much more well-known part of what is happening at NYU. But when those questions come, when you're in you know a sweatshirt that says like NYU basketball, I really think it's cool that I want the, sh the sweatshirt to look like this. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Seriously. and that it's going to be something that represents well, that looks like something people want to be a part of, people want to be supportive of. And that's come through apparel. I think it's really come through 
our sort of graphic design as it, as it comes across on social, which I, I know we emphasized before. And, you know, I'm extremely proud of where we've gotten with that. Yeah, me too. And I'm also just proud of like the buy-in that's, that's occurred over time. I actually posted about this on LinkedIn. So, you know, connect, connect with your, with your administrators on LinkedIn, because hey, there's a lot of doors in which we could open <laughs> for you all. Um, and vice versa, actually, <laughs> honestly. Um, but no, like I posted about it on LinkedIn recently where, where Aiden Massey, one of our um, graphic designers, he was like, yeah, like, you know, happy to share some of the work that I've been doing throughout this semester. And, you know, I remember he hit us up on the side and he goes like, hey, like, you know, Brown University Athletics saw some of my work because you, you literally you would tag me in the posts, you know, and I got to able, I was able to do some freelance work from them. Like, dude, that's awesome. Like, good for you. But like for me, just going back to the original point about the buy in, like now Aiden is doing like color commentary on the broadcast. Right, because and he's killing it. And by he's the doing way. a great job. Yeah. He just—it's all because he asked, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, and this is really what I want to leave off with. We talked about our respective paths, NYU, the opening of 181, uniforms, New York sports, a little bit of the mental health side of things. But like, we care. Like ultimately, we care. And I think that's a—it's a little easier to see when it's somebody that's you know around your same age group they're able to express it as such but like even on behalf of the senior administrators like we really do care there's so many many meetings that we have where it's just like talking about the student athlete experience at all again like it might not even reach like you know the the front lines of communication but i mean it shows in the product right and like whatever our intentions are like if you ever have questions about it like you can always ask us hey like what was the thing behind this how come this is that way Perception versus reality is a very big thing on the whole, like, you know, end of season stuff. But, like, I mean, I know Andrew cares because, like, he's been in it, right? And he's been part – he's been a lifer. So I think I, I lean on him a lot when it comes to that stuff because of how he's truly invested, yeah, professionally, but also personally as well. So his input, you know, it matters not only on his behalf but also on your behalf too. Yeah. And I also think – how do I put this? The thing I'm – proudest of in terms of how we're able to sort of help our student athletes and our teams represent themselves. Obviously, Kyle and I, we each have our own sort of personal tastes of what yeah. we think looks good, but whether or not our exact sort of, you know, tastes in graphic design or in the logos or in the uniforms are coming through, and I think full transparency, like, I think we both kind of like everything we've done, but it's less about that than just making sure things, like, look consistent and professional and that sure. it's something that everyone knows they can identify. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there there's certainly been stuff we've done where I'm like, I don't know if that's exactly my taste, but, like, learning along this process that not everything is about your own personal preferences has been an exciting thing too. And that's been like another part of kind of you know, being in community with the student athletes and seeing what they all respond to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think you said it well, like again, like if there's nothing else that I hope people take away from this is the fact that we care. Right. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, like we're like, we, we stay up late, you know, Kai more than anybody for sure. Honestly. Yeah. But, Kai, um, Kai, you better be sleeping. I know. I know. Right seriously. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, I, if, if all goes to plan scheduling wise, this will be releasing January 2nd. I think oh, we we're talking about happy, happy new year. Yeah, so, happy new year. So Violets. Happy new year to the Violets. <laughs> um, again, hopefully so, that. Mm, I was I was gonna I was hoping we were gonna attack on like an NYU basketball catch up segment, but they're they're both gonna have played two games by the time know, this comes out. Exactly, I was pretty cognizant of that yeah. as well <laughs> during the planning stage. Yeah, man. I mean, hopefully, again, that this conversation was one that you know you the audience just gets a little bit of a better peek behind the curtain as far as again like you know the silence behind the vials, but like really just like 
you know, like how did we land at a lot of the, like what were the, some of the processes along the way, you know, and, and who is it that's, that's really trying to sell, like celebrate and advocate for you all, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So Andrew, anything else for us? Yeah. I mean, I'll just say to, to finish off what Kyle's saying, like we're around. Yeah, um, I mean, all, all time. I have no idea where, I don't know exactly where I am, but shoot me an email. I mean, eventually I'll be working in 181. Yeah. Um, I'm bouncing. Sometimes I'm in my old office at 404. Sometimes I'm at 196. I'm in Palladium right now. But we're around. Like, if you have uh, questions, if you want to chop it up about, you know, aesthetics, uh, I'm here. I want to <laughs> talk. And, like, I know you've gotten tons of, like, good feedback, drive some of the social stuff. But, like, yeah, we care, as Kyle said, and – also, we're, we're here. We want to hear from you. Awesome. Andrew, appreciate you coming on. Uh, y'all just listened to episode four of the Silence Viol- Behind the Violets podcast. Keep up to, to date with us on NYU Athletics. Go, go nyuathletics.com. That's a wrap for us. Appreciate it, y'all. Cool. Nice. Nice.